So tonight on the podcast, ladies and gentlemen, the Democrat party is starting to admit they are in trouble in 2024. Now, what we're going to look at here, as you see on the screen, this is actually coming out of the Washington post. Now we're going to highlight some of these things, things we've already been talking about here. Uh, of course you still have the shields, you know, going, you know, doing their job. And I don't know what you're doing your job for is not really going to work this time, even based off of what a lot of Democrat strategists has been saying. Now they're talking about the city of Philadelphia. I've been to Philadelphia before. Actually, I stayed in central Philadelphia um, one time, me and my wife, and uh, it was real nice down there. Now they say the historic city is it has long few democratic victories in Pennsylvania. Heaven candidates and say for president, governor, and U.S. Senate run up huge margins to offset Republican advantages and say across most of the state. And say, but recently, it said the once strong election engagement by Philadelphia's voters has been waning. And saying the 2022 midterms when turnout rose statewide, just 43% of voters in the city cast ballots, down from 49% in 2018. And on May 16th, and say when the city had a high stakes mayoral primary and say that drew record spending, just 32% of Philadelphia's nearly 800,000 registered Democrats turned out according to the Philadelphia city commissioners. They say, and they quote, I'm not feeling good. I thought the competitiveness would increase turnout of Bob Brady, a former congressman and longtime chair of the city's democratic party. He said as he sat in his front office around noon on the day of the last month's primary, say his cell phone was to his ear, a half eaten hoagie on the table. He said, we do everything we can. The apathy is just there. He continued to say it's an ominous trend for Democrats. He said who have seen participation dip nationally among core supporters like black voters. Yes. Don't let them fool you to think that all of you is just going to keep continuing to put up with their crap. Well, let's continue and say who make up a large share of the electorate in urban areas like Philadelphia and say low turnout and say in Milwaukee contributed and say to Democrats losing Wisconsin's U S Senate contest in last year's midterms, black voter turnout nationwide has nearly dropped by 10 percentage points in 2022 from 51.7% in 2018 to 42% according to a Washington post analysis of the census bureau's turnout survey. So let's stop there for now. So nationwide black people have checked out the process by 10%. That's a lot. That's a lot of people not actually going out there and vote for the Democrats. And the reason why this is happening is because you do nothing for black people and black people are seeing it the time after time after time. Y'all have disrespected black people. You have done everything for everybody else right in black people's face. You won't even play a game to say, let me give black people something so I can at least say, well, we did give you this something tangible that black people can have. Right. And you haven't done anything and black people election after election after election are starting to get it. Listen, you have long time Democrats 
or even coming to me, even in the comment sections and say, listen, I was a hardcore Democrat all my life. And what these people have done to us as black people is anti-black. It's, it's very ugly. It's wrong. And I cannot, I'm not going to be participating in that no more. And I'm going out there to vote and I'm watching everybody else benefit off of my vote. And I get nothing. My family is starving. My family is getting evicted. I'll people being homeless, but yet everybody else can just come into this country and then they get put up Chicago, $51 million. See black people seeing that you understand. This is why turnout is, is going down because see what black people are telling y'all, like you said last night on the podcast, go ask all them people that you support and that you give all your political attention to go to them. Leave us alone. When it comes to voting, leave us alone. Just like you leave us alone when you're in office. Just like you don't talk to us when you're in office. Do the same thing on election time. Leave us alone. We got it. We got to figure out things on our own. You want to say Washington Post and everybody want to say, Oh, they the backbone or they the big voter base for the Democrats, but you don't act like it. When you have your, that's in a business, you do not ignore your best customer. Think about this. Why would you ignore your best customer? Why? Nobody will ignore the guaranteed money coming into the business and say, look, somebody new come up and say, yeah, I, I'm going to see to you. And I, I'll get to you, but let me make sure this, these people are, are, are taken care of because I know with them it's a guarantee with you. I'm trying to win you. And they've been trying to win these people, win these people, win these people. And they do not whatsoever trying to go vote Democrat on them or anything. These are the groups finesse the Democrats. They'll take everything they give them and they still won't come out to vote for them. Black folk been asking you to do something for them. And, and you should easily do it because the black voter is your best customer. And you still won't do nothing for him. And you wonder why it's decreasing. It's not hard to figure out if you ignore your best customer, if you ignore your so-called base, even in a relationship with a woman, if you keep ignoring that woman, and you ignore her and ignore her and ignore her. Don't be surprised if she leaves. Same thing with a man, a woman's in a relationship with a man. If she just ignore him, ignore him, don't see to him. Don't do it. Don't, don't be surprised if he leaves. It's not that hard to figure out. And I'm surprised. I'm actually surprised black folks have taken this long to start leaving. Right. But let's continue. So they said that they had interviews with about 30 people across the city. They said this spring, it said many voters said they have lost faith in their leaders. Some of whom have been involved in the city or state politics for decades. They say the city's ward system and say where many of these leaders got their start also hasn't been able to drive votes as well as it did in the past. And many residents expressed pessimism that casting a ballot would lead to change. One brother says, I never voted in my life because I don't have faith, says Sadiq Bowie, 23 years old, basketball coach at Lighthouse Community Center in the 7th Ward in North Philly. He said, where voter turnout is consistently 
they say among the lowest in the city, he said, nothing changes. He said, it's always the same stuff. You know, of course, nothing changed. These people are bought and paid for all of them. All your politicians are bought and paid for. So, so if you see nothing is changing or they are just there to keep the status quo going, the status quo is not to help you. The status quo is to make sure black people don't rise in any way, shape or form. The status quo is to keep you oppressed, depressed constantly. When you start getting a little headway, they got to sabotage you and make sure you go back down to where you belong. That's the status quo, black people. You don't understand in this country, they got to try to keep you at the bottom at all times, because that's the way they built the system. They never built the system for you to come out the bottom and rise even to the middle or to the top. That's not how the system worked. Y'all keep on sending the same people back up there who don't do nothing for you. Right. That's what y'all keep doing with the voting. Y'all don't get involved in your politics and say, he's gone. She's gone. He's gone. And we want to replace them with this one, this one, and this one. Y'all don't even push for term limits. Even if you say, okay, I don't know who, listen, when a person has to leave office, then it gives it a chance to somebody else. It should be a national movement for term limits on everything. Term limits in Congress, term limits in the Senate. The president got term limits. So the president of the United States have term limits. How come the rest of them don't have term limits? It's not fair for the president to have a term limit, but yet the senators could stay forever. I think the Supreme Court need to have term limits. They should only serve a one 10 year term. That's it. And then they got to bring some other judges in. You can't keep having the same people doing the same thing. That's why this country never changed. It's not. Once again, I tell y'all some of the solutions in this country is not rocket science. You don't need a doctorate degree from MIT to figure some things out. It's just straight common sense. Just like, just like you look at the NBA, NFL, whatever people come and go. There's a lot of times they may stay for a while, but they age out and, and then they have to retire. Right but it keeps the NBA fresh because new players are always coming in. This country is not fresh because you don't have new people constantly coming in. That's actually going to do something different. We have to admit the majority of the people that we have is geriatric. Then we represent the generation. That's even the younger one. We don't have Gen Xers, millennials, Gen Z's that's uh, in a lot of leadership positions. We don't. It's still those who are way above age than us. And then they are still stuck in those ways. And you wonder why this country don't move forward as it should look at Diane Feinstein. Look at her, that lady, it can barely, uh, 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 don't know if she coming or going and she still will not stay, sit down and say, look, let, Gavin Newsom should say something, say, Hey, come on now. I got to replace you. Come on, you got to go ahead on. You know, some we got to send somebody else. You understand know what, what I'm saying? That sort of thing. Biden, like really, the the man falling all over the place, right? He clearly needs to retire and go to Delaware and enjoy his life, go ride his bike, eat ice cream like he liked to do, all of that. Clearly, he needs to go do that, right? It ain't no way that I'm gonna be trying to hold on when I need to move out the way. Listen. Even what I do now, do you see me allowing other people to come on my platform to do content, to do whatever? Why? 
because I can't do it all. Even my eight-year-old tell me, well, dad, you know, one day I'm going to take over what you do. Okay, I'll make sure to train you up and, and make sure you know everything I know. And I will gladly, gladly, once I know you're ready and you can handle it, I'll gladly step to the side and do other things. You know why? Because I have no problem allowing other people, younger people and whoever else, come on in because you're not going to have any kind of legacy if you try to hold on to everything and you don't want to, sh- you don't want to teach the younger generation. Look at even the bootlicks, right? The civil rights bootlicks, the Al Sharptons and all of them. They won't even train a young one to take their place. Think about it. They holding on. Some of them barely can walk uh, and, and they, they hold on to them positions for what, bruh? Let it go. Let younger people come in, but they don't want no young people. They actually are very upset with young people because you, you, you causing too many problems for them. Cause in their mindset, they don't want to be fighting anything and that's fine. Get out and go and, and go retire, go have fun, travel, just live your life. But no, we're looking at Al Sharpton still to this day, which you ain't got no young brother or sister that that can do that. I know there's plenty of them that can. You know what I'm saying? They don't want to just literally get out the way and let this country progress. That's an issue and a problem with that particular generation. And this really not just talking about black people. I'm talking about everybody in America needs to kind of start addressing that term limits got to be put in. Period. But if y'all sitting up here allowing them to vote for term limits, that's not going to happen. It has to be a movement talking about term limits, literally, for everybody. Just like the president. Four years, you're out. After you do it, you can do two terms and you're gone. Because when you do that and don't have a career politician, then they will actually have to do the right thing. Because they know afterwards, if they want to do something else, then they're going to have to think a little bit or are they time in office, right? Now, continuing. Let's say in a city like Philadelphia, which is plurality black, they say there needs to be more investment in how to reach these voters and more of a commitment to a current and empowering message, said a Joe Hill, a Philadelphia Democratic strategist. He says most of the messaging we see targets the generation before mine the civil rights generation. It focuses on the legacy of honoring the vote, the people who died and the people who suffered the consequences. Now this, this Democrat strategist admitted that they whole messaging is to that generation. Now you see why we've been talking about that generation. That generation has been a collective problem for black empowerment because they had their time and their fight. And I'm glad they did fight, but now we have our time and now we have to fight something different. We need to do what we have to do, but they can't keep being in the way of the politics that's going to forward the black community today. See the Democrats are hostile toward the younger people. Very, very hostile because see they could use honoring the vote, the people who died and the people who suffered the consequence. Remember we talked about that last night, 
the shields try the same thing on us. Your ancestors died for you. They don't work on us. They don't work. So you need to stop saying it. I tell you that I tell people don't bring your witchcraft over here because I don't want to hear it. I love to block you because I don't want to hear you because blocking you actually cleans the chat room up and y'all need to start blocking these people that talk like that to you. Your ancestors died. You just trying to finesse. That's all you trying to do. Remember they want you to vote for them so that everybody else can benefit. No, 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 no. And then when they come, well, the Republicans not going to give you nothing. Okay. They don't give me nothing. And they're not going to give everybody else nothing either. So I'm good with that. I'm actually good with it. If we, if, if we don't get nothing, everybody else don't get nothing. I'm cool, but I'm not cool with, I go vote and everybody else gets something except me and my community. I'm not cool with that. So I rather all of us don't get nothing. Forget it. everybody come join my team. Then they don't get nothing. I'm great with that. I'm really great with that. Now the guy continues said after the excitement of the Obama era, he said there has been an emerging cynicism among young black people who didn't see the quality of life in their neighborhoods improving in any real way. He said, not even with the first black president, their feelings soured more with the election of Donald Trump to the presidency and more overt racism that has emerged in recent years. Now what this guy just said is true and not true. Now what's the true part has they have growing cynicism about voting. Yes. Why Barack Hussein Obama didn't do nothing for black people. Barack Hussein Obama was the greatest political disappointment. The black community has ever seen. They voted for him. They mobilized for him to the tune of almost a hundred percent of the black vote. When he first got in the office in 2008, black people say, Oh, you didn't present y'all didn't present nothing to Obama. Most people that grow up in a black community and this, this, you got the hindsight is 2020, right? Most people in the black community that grew up, you kind of know what the issues are. Like I know what the issues are in the black community coming from a black community, talking to black people constantly, just being a black man in America. I know what the issues are. But Barack Obama, he did not grow up in a black community. He didn't grow up with any black parents. He didn't really deal with black people until he really got with Michelle. And I really believe he got with her for politics purposes, because you know how this country is. Cause they said he used to fool with a lot of white women. And if he would have got with a, he had a white woman, his, his, he may not emerge in politics a certain way, but you know, today he would have been all right. But maybe at that time period, it wouldn't have been a, a good thing for him to have a white woman on his own. Sometimes people get married for politics and business purposes. It happens all the time, definitely in this country. But now you mentioned Donald Trump and said that it's sour. Donald Trump himself didn't sour anything. What the deal with Donald Trump, when Obama was saying what he couldn't do and, and he's trying and this and that and the third, the day Trump got in office, Trump start doing Trump start doing executive orders, all this stuff that he said he couldn't do. Trump just start going in there off the rip doing things. And black people like, so you mean to tell me Obama could have did the same thing that Trump is doing and why he didn't do nothing. And that that's a lot. Got a lot of black people mad, man. Ra racism, man. We've been dealing with racism every day of our lives in this country. Donald Trump and nobody else 
can say, oh my God, what he says or what he did just always so horrible. Like we never, listen, our first interaction with racism is always in the schoolhouse. Elementary schools, the first racism, the little educarens. That's the first racism we ever deal with. I, we don't really deal with the police like that. I'm talking about growing up. Your first interaction with racism and discrimination is going to be in public school. That's when you're going to see them making a difference between your white classmate and you. You're going to see when you do wrong, you get in more trouble, but Connor, he don't get no trouble. You start, that's when you start really seeing the differences. This is why it's important. I always say that about our children is that if we can keep our children out of public school that they teach your children and they control, then do it. Put pay whatever you got to pay to put them in a school that's ran by black people, controlled by black people. It is to, for the betterment of your child. So no, Donald Trump and racism coming from anybody on that side didn't sour anything. People soured because he was doing things that Obama should have been doing for black folk. Obama was in there eight years. He still kept the sanctions all year, all eight years on Zimbabwe. We was coming underneath a lot of attacks, white supremacist attacks in his eight years. We were the proxy for him. We did not get any hate crime bill for us during the eight years of Obama. Not a one, not even mention of a one. Obama didn't look out for us. Every time he would halfway say something and they, and they, and they speak against him, he cowered down. When Trayvon Martin was, was, was killed and he made the statement, you know, if I had a son, he probably looked like Trayvon and then folks got on him. He cowered down. What I look like being a president of the United States cowering down to somebody in the media, or some Senator or whatever. Trump not one time cowered down to any of them people. He doubled down and tripled down. And if they tried to even talk crazy to him, he talked crazy right back. That's the truth. So no Democrat strategist, you got it all the way wrong. And that's really what it is. How do y'all get paid to get it wrong? And see, if you're a so-called Democrat strategist, you would actually be listening what all black people are talking about. And you'll be hearing why people are, are, are having cynicism, but yet you don't care. You say your, your strategy is that's just ignore them. But when voting is down by 10%, that's a lot. You can't ignore us for too many more election cycles. You're going to continue to try, but you're going to start seeing more and more people checking out the process or they're going to vote the other side, one or two, but they're not going to give a vote to you. So maybe whoever paying you to be a strategist, they probably need to keep their money. Shoot. Cause I, I mean, please, it's not that hard to, to, to tell people why black folks are just not checking for you. It's not that hard, but let's continue. Now they say a Latifa Smith, 28 years old, a behavioral health and human services major at the community college of Philadelphia. Put it, you still have the same people in power. Same people doing the same thing. Nothing is really changing. Correct. 
Nothing is changing. So we got to change as a people. We have to change to make them change because your politicians is only going to be a reflection of what you do or don't do. You understand? So the message is, is clear. You got to check out the process away from the Democrats. One of two ways, either you sit it out or you do a protest vote. That's the only way you're going to have to do it either or, and I'm good with whatever decision that you make. I'm really good with it. At least you're not giving a vote to them because they admit their messaging and everything they do is to the civil rights generation. That it goes to them. They don't go to us. They don't care about what, what we dealing with. They don't care about our children. They don't care about your wife, your husband. They don't care about that. They don't care about what, what we dealing. with. Listen, the re and, and you know why they don't care. It makes sense. That's the reason why they're flooding everybody in from the third world and putting them in your cities because the people they, they having a messaging to, they all retired. They get their social security and, and anything else they got going on. They fall one. If they had one, well, they, in their time they had pensions. So they probably getting their pensions. They're not dealing with the people they just bringing in over the border. They're not competing with them for jobs. You are. So that's why the Democrats really don't care about that issue and why they can flood the zone because the people they're talking to is not saying a word about it because it doesn't affect them, but it affects younger people, working class people, poor people in the black community. So, so my thing is this, just keep your message in the way it is. Leave us alone and you will see and find out what that's going to get you. But my, my issue is you write this whole article. Where's the article for the Asian community? Washington post. Where is the article? Where is the article for LGBT to tell, to tell them about coming out to vote? Why is the Democrats in trouble? If the black community don't vote, please answer that question. The Hispanic community, where are the, the messaging to them? Spend money talking to them. Why are you trying to spend money talking to us? You're not doing nothing for us. So what is the point of you spending any money? What's the point of you giving millions of dollars to black voters matter? Why? It's no, it don't make no sense because you don't do nothing for us. It's a waste of time. And black Americans are telling you that enough is enough. When you going to get it, you're going to be in trouble in 2024. You're going to be in trouble in 2026, 2028, 2030. You're going to be in trouble. And I know we can speak this message all the way up to election time. And I'm not expecting a 40% drop nationwide. I'm not expecting that, but this is a marathon. And as more people listen, and as more people just get those small nuggets in their head and they start thinking about it. Cause me, all I want you to do is think, I want you to really think what have they done? How voting for them has improved your life. Has it increased your paycheck? Has it, you know, made your job, you know, give you some raises. Are you getting a uh, free education or something that, you know, to help you out? Um, is the quality of life of black people better they didn't in qualified immunity. They didn't in which they can at any given time. And they did not because they want to make sure 
that the police can do anything to you and get away with it. Okay. They didn't put up an anti-black hate crime bill to protect you. They surely didn't give you reparations. Matter of fact, with reparations, they played a game with you in 2020. They played a game with you in 2020 with Sheila Jackson Lee and talking about HR 40. But you got to see after that time, they gave all this money during the time of the pandemic with no study. Ukraine got to keep getting checks. They got an open checkbook. No study, no nothing, no commission, no anything. But with you, well, we need to have a study. And I'm not, I'm not committing. I'm not saying you're getting paid. We just don't have a study playing games. I'd rather you tell me no, than play a game with me. And that's what they done to you. Play games. Corey Bush just come out here playing games again. Her and Barbara Lee talking about reparations now and all that. You, <laughs> you wait until the Republicans are getting control. And now you want to present something talking about reparations now. But when you had control of the, of the house, the Senate and the presidency with Joe Biden, you didn't put nothing up talking about reparations now paying reparations. So y'all can miss me with that. That is, that is a game. And then this is what they tell you. This is the game. Well, you see, we posted the bill. So if y'all come out to vote for us and get, get us back in control of the, the house and the Senate, then we could take that bill and we could vote on it and then it'll pass. And then the president, he could sign it, but you got to make sure to keep a Democrat president. You see the game and the finesse they play y'all. And he's like, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Let's go out there and vote for Democrats. And then you go vote for them. You get them in there. All right. Everybody's in that Democrat. And then when they say, okay, let's do this bill. Oh, well, I can't do it because, um, this particular guy in the Senate, you know, we need more Democrats to get 60, 60 Democrats. Well, what you talking about? Well, you know, cause the filibuster, we can't really, we could do it in the house but the Senate's not going to pass it because of the filibuster. I say, well, the filibuster isn't in the constitution. It isn't a constitutional law. It's just a Senate rule. And you suspended the Senate rule when you voted for the Asian hate crime bill. You suspended it. So we know you can suspend it at any time. Matter of fact, you could throw it in the water at any time you want to, because the rule is not a constitutional law. So how come you won't throw that in the, in the water, that filibuster in the water when it comes to us? Well, you know, we got to keep the filibuster because what if the other side get in and then, you know, we don't want them just to run over us and not us have a say with a filibuster. You didn't say that about the Asian hate crime bill. Now, did you, you see, you see the games that they play with y'all. This is the games they play. See, I'm very observant of what people do, like the finessing and all of that, that they, they like to do. And they've gotten away with it for a time, but because they've done it for a time and because they don't come up with no new tricks. Now we can point out exactly what they're going to do before they do it. You understand? So, you should be offended that Cori Bush put that reparations thing out she, because she could have did that when they was, when they had the Senate and the, and the, uh, uh, the, the Congress, she didn't want to do it then talking about the George, talking about George Floyd bill and all that, you know, they, they made sure to stall that because all oh, the filibuster and this, because they don't want you to be protected. 
We talking about the Democrats. We ain't talking about Republicans. So yes, they need to be in trouble at 24, 26, 28, 30, and on. And, let, and let's see if they're going to keep trying to run this same game every election cycle. Let's see. But some of you are responding. That's good. Some of you are realizing I'm going to respect myself. I'm not going to let this party keep on treating me and my people this way. And that's good. And if more and more of you just start standing up and respecting yourself and respecting your community, then they're going to have to listen. They're going to have to. Because you, you're checking out of the process of, of, of voting for them. You understand? But y'all let me know what y'all think about, you know, this party here. Because um, once again, ladies and gentlemen, they admit it. They only, they mentioned it's always been as a civil rights generation. That's why the boule crowd is so, you know, prevalent because of the civil rights generation. Listen, the boule crowd has no bearing with us. None. That's why they, they hate our guts. They can't stand us, the boule. They, they don't like us because they, but you, let me tell you, boule members something. Listen to me. You, you slick have boule members. You, you, you look like you ain't done a, a day of work. Let me tell you something. You're going to have to deal with us. And you dreading that every day. Cause matter of fact, when the day, the time you're going to have to deal with us, you might as well go pack up your bags and go on too, because we see you. And we can't stand you because you are nothing but Steven from Django Unchained. All of you, you, you looking to sell us all out for a few crumbs from massa that you like getting. And what we're telling you is when, when you, when you see us and you remember when, when, when Django uh, uh, and Steven had that interaction, Steven was more angry about Django than even, Calvin candy was, he wasn't even mad about anything. He said, yeah, he going to stay in the house. What you want to stay in a big house. He was, he was more upset about it. That's how that is the boule right there. They don't want, they, they feel that you go get in a big house with them. We don't want the big house. We want our own house. But these are gatekeepers of the plantation. And they will fight every step of the way to try to hurt us for a couple of butter biscuits. Bottom line. But that's okay. That's okay because their time is about up to the boule. Their time is about up. To all you young people, don't join the boule. Don't do that unless you want to be a pariah in the community. Because one thing that we're, we're getting tired of is all these collaborators with the white supremacists and all boule members. You're nothing but collaborators, period. 